0: From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network.
1: Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. I'm Jonathan Moriarty. With me this week are Maddie McLean, hello, and Colin Young, hello. And it's the last Tuesday of the month, and you know what that means? It's Guru Voodoo time. Ooh. We yeah. put our gurus to the test. Here's the situation, gentlemen. You've got a group of maybe you know, six people, give or take, five or seven, and some of them are very loud and gregarious and they want something where they can be mean to each other. Yeah, we want to backstab each other, this sort of thing. You know those people, you've seen them. Uh, the thing is that there are also one or two quiet ones who pretty obviously don't want that. And they're not speaking up. They're saying, no, I can with me, it's fine. But they're, they're sending pretty clear signals that they're not okay with that. We've talked about games on the Cast before that are competitive but not necessarily combative, but this is different. We've got both types at the table at the same time. What do you do? What are some rules that you can follow? What, what, what are some principles you're going to adhere to? Like, so How are you going to satisfy these people?
2: Well, I think the important thing is to do to, is to try to at least find some somewhere in the middle where people can meet. So you can't ignore the people who are speaking loudly. You can't ignore the people who are not speaking at all or saying something but meaning another. Hmm. you have to kind of try to find either the right game to balance them or try to do convince them that a game that you have or want to teach them is worth playing.
1: Yeah. In other words, you need a game that looks like one thing but is actually something else you have to trick them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Hmm. What are some other things you're going to have to avoid or or, or make sure you do? Well, you can't... Give them something where a player can be singled out or aggressively picked on. Right. Uh, you want to make sure that you have hidden in the mix the ability to be disruptive for the loud people, but it should not be too aggressive or too metagamey. Okay. I imagine there are a few ways that we can deal with this then. Let's uh,
1: let's take a look at some possibilities. Um well, just off hand, off the cuff, what are some games that you might bring to this group? Can you think of any just, uh, just off the cuff
2: or do we want to go... One, one that I found is probably the most cute looking, but one of the most heartbreaking is The Little Prince, Make Me a Planet. <laughs> it is the most adorable backstabbing game in the world. Because at first it's just like, oh, you're just collecting tiles. And then soon you realize this game is all about, oh, if I take this, I screw you over. And for me, I just think that's a brilliant mechanic. It's been seen before in games like Zuloretto, but I think there's something about the way that Little Prince does it that just makes it so Mm. delicious. And this
1: is actually based on Le Petit Prince by Saint-Exupéry, that
0: Little Prince? That's the Little Prince. The catch for me with The Little Prince is that it can go a little aggressive if you're playing with certain people. I mean... At the end of a game, you have you can have one player who has had such a bad experience that that is their supervillain origin story. Like <laughs> it's awkward. I would counterpoint that with a game I think Maddie is familiar with, Lifeboats. Right. Lifeboats gets up to six. It is aggressive because the subtitle of the game is "Hold them down until the bubbles stop." <laughs> But because there's boats and a variety of different players in all of the boats, there's kind of a team dynamic because there's a lot of voting. So you have the opportunity to have a conversation for those that want to, but the quieter ones don't get lost in the shuffle, I think, as much as in a game that can be more aggressive. They're usually
2: the ones you
1: have to watch out for. Something like uh, I'm the Boss, for example. That's a negotiation game. Where you have to speak up or you don't get in on any of the deals, you don't make any money. That's, that's death for shy people. They're, they're not even going to get to participate. Something like Lifeboats, even if they're keeping quiet, their vote still counts, because everybody has to vote. So they're going to participate and they're not going to be shut out even if they don't wind up taking a very active role in any sort of pre-vote negotiations. Uh,
2: that can actually be a weapon in Lifeboats. And plus Lifeboats just has that the most adorable quirky artwork on it as well. <laughs> which is completely disarming in so many ways.
0: I would also suggest, and as much as I love a game like The Resistance or Werewolf, it can be a little too freeform, so it's possible that you'll get people to come out of their shells with that one because it's not complicated, but you also have the concern that you're not gonna get them to come out at all. Yeah, again, their game's about talking. A game like Shadowhunters does things similarly in that you have teams and you're trying to figure out who your teams are even though everyone's role is hidden at the beginning of the game but everyone has particular mechanics there's just enough game to it that each player has agency and has to do a thing on their turn i think that that is a little bit more forgiving
1: let's talk a little bit more about secret teams one way to get around the whole problem of picking on people is to assign the players in the game a team. So it's, uh, you, you, have, you have some people out there who are actually on your side, and that helps a lot, but you don't know who they are, and you don't know who your opponents are either. You mentioned Shadowhunters. Uh, it sort of uh, derives as well from Bang, that's the cowboy game where some players are outlaws and some players are deputies, and everybody knows who the sheriff is, but nobody knows who anyone else is. So you know one person who's either on your side or not, uh, but you don't know about anybody else. And if you are the sheriff, you know that some of the people out there are trying to help you, and you don't know which ones. And uh, that makes it possible for players to sort of attack each other and not be sure who's on the team, which means it doesn't feel personal when, they, when somebody gets kind of singled out. It's, uh, I thought you were on the other team, and it sort of gives you license to do this. Uh, another way to make it so that people don't know who they're attacking is with uh, where, where you don't know who you're up against at all. So something like, say, Citadels or Lost Temple. Do you guys play Citadels? Oh, yes. Do we? Do, do you guys bring that out a lot at the cafe? I usually want to bring out Lost Temple because it's I simpler instead. I don't
0: bring Citadels out very much. Mm-hmm. I used to. I think that it's a fantastic game. I think it's a staple for a lot of collections. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that there's a certain amount of of a learning curve in trying to get that group to know what to do there's a certain flow that the game has that requires a little more out of the players I would actually think oddly enough same designer I would be more inclined to bring out Masquerade yes Mm. definitely Uh, I think that that is a little I don't want to say it's more random but I think that it is there's less to do also it's more forgiving
1: yes Mm -hmm. is really unforgiving you make a bad choice and that's gonna hurt Uh, but the thing is though you can't be sure of the bad choice because again uh, you'll choose a role you'll take one of these role characters like uh, you know the bishop or what have you um, but you don't know which one anybody else took so if somebody decides to go to assassinate someone, they don't get to point the finger at a particular player and say, so I'm going to assassinate you. They'll say, I'm going to assassinate, hmm, I think you probably took the bishop. And no, it was the other player who took the bishop. Um, Lost Temple, also by Bruno Duty, same designer once again, mm-hmm. uh, takes that concept but uh, makes it more forgiving, so there's there's less to deal with. And then Masquerade
0: uh, makes it much
1: wilder and more chaotic. So those are, those are ways
0: of dealing with that. I think the benefit of those games is that it emphasizes the groupthink, the psychology. Mm-hmm. And I think that even if you're quiet, you then have the opportunity to try to respond to everyone else's loudness. You still have the ability to read those cues and make something of it. Just the same as if you were quiet, those people can read that cue. So I think a, psychol- a psychological game like Phi Duty's trilogy there really works for uh, that kind of, disparate group yeah, they work for the mean people too because they can really go after someone no, <laughs> no guarantee they're going to hit their target but they can
1: try and they can feel good about that Such um, a jerk <laughs> <game>. <laughs> so another way to deal with this is to make it so the players are attacking each other but they don't get to choose who they're going to attack uh obviously huge snake's favorite king of tokyo does this any wow. given time one or two players are in tokyo those are the players that are on the board if you attack they're the ones who are attacking if they attack, they're attacking everybody else. The fact that you don't choose your target means you get to roar, I'm gonna smash everybody else, but you're not picking on people deliberately, that's huge. And uh, they do this with Cosmic Encounter as well. We did a uh, game spotlight on Cosmic Encounter a while ago. Have you guys played Cosmic?
2: I have not, no.
0: Cosmic Enca- if you own Cosmic Encounter, if that is a game that you actively have in your library, you are a professional jerk. <laughs> <laughs> like that, And there's nothing wrong with being a professional jerk, but Cosmic Encounter is one of those games. It's It's a game
1: where the mean people get to be really mean, but again, the quiet ones don't get left out. Because on your turn, you're going to draw a card from that Destiny deck, and that card tells you who you're going after. You don't get the choice. You get the choice who to help, uh, on, on either side, so you get to pick favorites, but that's not necessarily picking on somebody, because to pick on somebody, you have to help somebody else, and that, uh, that's a great way of satisfying both sides. Other options, then, for bringing the meanness without actually being mean. One way to do it is to make a game just so chaotic and that nobody knows who's attacking who, but there's still attacking going on. Uh, have you guys played the Bertalia? I haven't, but you keep You have raved about it more I know, I know, I know. I keep doing this. Uh, That's a pirate game where everybody picks a card at once, holds it face down, you all reveal, and then we see who gets the good stuff and who gets the cursed booty that's worth minus points. Uh, Because everybody's picking their actions simultaneously, you can really ruin somebody else's day, but you don't know what the other players are going to be playing. I would once again argue Revolution
2: has that same effect as well. That's true. The
1: blind bidding will bring that out, um, because you... you can guess that uh, Colin's going to bid two gold for this thing and then bid three gold for it yourself but it turns out he's bidding nothing you could have had it for one uh, my plan all along <laughs> and maybe it was that's the worst part uh, you can make a game real time like pit for example you know you can stick the bull and the bear in somebody's hand but it's all going on at once and there's so much chaos uh, it's kind of hard to pick on people specifically although If somebody corners the market just after you got past the bear, yeah, that makes you mean. You're going to feel like it's something to be taken personally.
0: Well, Pitt's Pitt's got a kind of reduced version of the problem that I'm the boss of Panic on Wall Street have. Like, you have to shout. If you don't, I win by being the loudest sumbitch (laughs) in that space. If you keep yelling, you get what you want. Sometimes, and sometimes you don't. Because here's the thing. All our
1: quiet player has to do is hold out two cards in front, going two, 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 and somebody will go for them. There will be a loud person going two, 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 and that's happening as well. But I can tell you this much, Colin. I do not always trade with the loudest player when I am playing pit. In fact, I'm often more inclined to trade with the ones who are... Not giving you the bear and the bull? (laughs) There's no way to be certain of that. But if they're trading a bit more slowly, that means I don't have as much to worry about when I trade with them. Or is that what they want you to think? If they do, they're playing at a very deep level and more power to them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, uh, a game where where, where players' goals are hidden. You don't know what people are trying to do. Uh, One of my favorites, Isla Dorada, uh, is a game where you know what you're trying to do and you don't know what the other players are trying to do and only one thing's gonna happen. And so, sort of fighting it out, you can actually, again, ruin somebody's day without having meant to. Sorry, I wasn't aiming at you. Uh, you mentioned cutesy games earlier, Maddie, and making a game so cute that nobody minds the meanness in it is a great way to get around this. Uh, hey, That's My Fish. Absolutely. So vicious. <laughs> the meanest little penguins you've ever seen in your life, trying to starve the other penguins. To, oh, it's horrible. But it's adorable penguins. Um, three little pigs. You know, I get to huff and puff and blow your house in. And even... Again, our quiet players will not feel too bad when they roll those two wolves and get to blow somebody's house in. Uh, and the other way is just to make it totally random anyway. Uh, Strike is a new arrival at the cafe, and I've been having great fun recommending that to customers. Have you brought that one out yet? That game is awesome. It
2: transcends language barriers, age barriers. It has it's, no right to be anywhere near as fun as it is. It, You know what it is? It's that arena. Yes. As soon yeah. as you set that arena up, And people throw these dice up.
1: into the bouncy arena with a bouncy bottom on it, so you might just bounce the die all the way out of
2: the box. I don't know about you, but I, I was disappointed this was not a, a Spiel DRS nomination this year. <laughs> Too random for that, I suppose. Oh, so wa- good though.
0: I just want to play it with like the gladiator theme behind. <laughs> just the like, you have the, to play the Hans Zimmer music in the yeah, background. Yeah, you want yes. kind of that epic feel. It's Everybody's like, got gonna do their Z Russell Crowe impression. Every
2: now and then we'll just. Throw I hand am at you. routinely <laughs> entertained. Yes.
1: Yeah, strike is a bizarre game. You're just tossing dice into this arena. Uh, trying to get pairs or triples so you can pull them back out. And if you have no more dice to throw into the arena, you're out of the game. And that's it. That's all there is to it. But it feels so personal when you make somebody else roll all their dice. I can't believe how much they get out of this hideously random game. It's it's ridiculously
0: fun. I do not get it. I hope they get a Mad Max license when that remake comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Two dice go in. Uh, <laughs> and three dice come out,
1: actually, in that case. Hmm. I'm not sure if that works for Mad for Thunderdome, but uh, it, <laughs> it it should, though. All right, uh, that's it for Guru Voodoo this week. We hope you've enjoyed this. If you have any Guru Voodoo situations that you'd like to put our gurus to, if you've got a, a weird collection of friends who you have a hard time finding games to satisfy, let us know through your favorite social media, and we will work our voodoo the best we can. Till next time, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Maddie McLean and Colin Young. Bye. Game on. Thanks for listening. You can find more from the Game Gurus by subscribing to the Snakes and Lattes YouTube channel or by visiting our blog. Just go to snakesandlattes.com and click where it says blog up near the top of the page. Until next week, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.